This is a prospective minicast episode, content that didn't make the full episode, but we think is going to be interesting to you. Here we go. You mentioned, <laughs> touched on budget there a minute ago. There's a sort of controversial topic, mainly in sort of Europe, continental Europe. Is that right? Mainland Europe? Con- yes. Continental Europe. Is this should- the countries are in Eurovision this weekend or not in Eurovision? <laughs> should we just say there are places? <laughs> there are places in the There world. are other places. In the world. <laughs> There's a controversial sort of I think topic I know what you're going to say. With sort of mainly European planners, and not all of them. There's some that don't do this, but that they get their payment commission yeah commission yeah (laughs) is that something that happens in the uk yes it does so commission is really um interesting topic i'm actually kind of glad you brought it up i'm I'm a member of the uk alliance of wedding planners and one of our um ethos is is that we don't accept commission right so straight up front it's on my website if you're a member of the uk alliance of wedding planners you don't accept commission therefore the fee that the couple pay you that is the fee that you are earning for that wedding i'm not saying there's anything wrong with commission Absolutely not, because actually for, and, and in particularly in other places, that is actually how the market's set up. The yeah. market's set up that that is how planners earn their money. That's that's just the norm. Um, so it is difficult to to sort of set yourself up in those places and go, oh, I'm not going to accept commission. You'd be really struggling because couples don't expect to pay that fee because the, the planners are charging a very low fee to the couple because they're making their income from the supplier's commission that they recommend. Yeah. The catch-22 with that is it does bring into question the suppliers that are being recommended to the couple are they being recommended because of the best option for the couple or are they being recommended because they offer the planner the best level of commission yeah now that's very much a case of depends on the planner so there i'm like i'm as in all walks of life even outside the wedding industry there are unscrupulous types it would be naive to sit there and say that so you could have planners out there that are recommending people because they offer them the biggest lump sum of commission I would like to think that the majority of planners by far aren't going to make that recommendation to couple if it's the wrong choice for that couple. But I, again, I'm sure it happens, but that is very much. And there are planners in the UK, not, I don't, not so much in Scotland, I don't think, but I can't hand on heart say that. Um, but I'm aware of the fact that in England it is starting to become a bit more of a common practice. Um, certain companies seem to have started to factor into their budget when they are working with planners and say, oh, and I've had emails saying, hi, if we, um, if you book with us, we'll give you X amount percentage. And, you know, in those instances, I'll be like, that's great. But actually, I'd like that discount passed on to my client right. as mm. opposed to to me. And that's great because then they're usually like, oh, that's fantastic. We'll still do that. But that's great. But I don't accept commission. So that's tough, though, because you're trying to effectively justify your fee to the couple because they're effectively the ones paying for your time. Yeah. And you have to make that has to be profitable. Otherwise, you know you're basically working for free. So yeah. it is a, it, it's an interesting one. And it's the one that's it's still being debated in the, in the planning industry. Um, speaking to other planners, there's some that are for, some that are against it. So yeah. I suppose the idea would be for people, well, the, this is, I have no proof of this. I, you know, this is just speculation. Speculation. If a supplier was going to come to a, a, a planner and say, hey, here's my cost, would the price that they would give that planner be inflated because they knew that they would have to... Yeah, uh, correct. You know, so the couple are essentially having to pay more. Yeah, so the, the couple, those planners, and again, this is spe- not speculation. It is speculation. This is, it's speculation, but there's a, from my understanding, you know, an average, like, wedding is, say, 250 hours worth of planning. Um, to do a full plan... Um, 
you know, most planners will take a percentage of the budget. So 10 to 12%, some do 15% of the overall wedding spend budget. Okay. So if you've got, uh, with a minimum fee built in, because ultimately otherwise it's not profitable. Yeah. So if your couple's got, you know, a 40 grand budget, you're taking away four, four and a half thousand pounds. You actually divide that up across the time that you're spending on the wedding. It's actually a pretty decent wage. Not You're not paying yourself a small fortune, but it's a decent enough income. However... If the couple are saying, oh, I'm going to hire you to do a full plan and that planner goes, oh, I'm only charging you £1,000, well, how could you possibly live off of £1,000 for a full plan wedding? Mm. They're making that money from the... So the couple have paid the planner the £1,000 and then they go, right, the caterer is going to cost you X amount. But actually of that X amount that the couple pay the caterer, another £2,000 is going into the planner's pocket. And then the florist is, the couple are told, right, the florist's budget's going to be X amount. And then so much of that goes into the planner's pocket. So the couple will have paid the planner a small fee. The planner makes the rest of it up through the commission from the other suppliers to make it an actual reasonable fee for them to actually do the job. Uh So the couple, you could argue, are almost not paying twice because they're not paying, most planners who operate like that don't charge a high upfront fee. And that's probably why planners who don't work on commission do really struggle to justify their costs because they're asking the client to pay their time upfront mm-hmm. and then they're paying for their suppliers, but without the inflated fees, but the yeah. client doesn't see that. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. And again, that's all my understanding, but having not, I haven't never operated like that. I don't necessarily know the nuances of how it works. Mm. And a lot of suppliers in Scotland, I've never, it's never something that I've came across in terms yeah. of, um, I think it's a bit more common with catering companies, perhaps from oh, what okay. I understand mm-hmm. speaking to planners down in England. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that's, I've not had that experience up here. So. Mm. Cause it's, yeah, because I mean, like you said, it's not common over here, but obviously when we used to go down to Italy and stuff, we, it was, Fairly common. I don't think that did that ever happen to us. Did we ever pay? No, the ones we no. actually worked with always oh. just had their fee. They yeah. did their yeah. thing. Like what happens here? Mm. There was a couple that we spoke to, but never got any jobs from that were looking for a commission. Yeah. It just didn't. It didn't. It didn't. Know, it doesn't sit didn't right. right. Yeah. I feel like, but, yeah. It, it, I mean, that's it. That's why I'm part of the the UK Alliance of Wedding Planners, just purely because it is one of those things that we do put out there to say we don't accept commission. So therefore, the recommendations that you're getting are the best fit for you. Yeah. They're not somebody that's given us five, ten percent in our back pocket. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that model at all. It's just not. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not for me. That's it. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it just isn't. It's. I don't feel. I can. I just don't feel like I could work that way personally, mm. but it absolutely works for others. And as you say, yeah. there's other places where that's just the norm. That's how the market operates. So, yeah. Can you talk to us about this alliance? Because I don't know much about it. So, yeah, it's UK um, Alliance Wedding Planners. So um, uh, the director, um, Bernadette Chapman, she's been doing wedding planning for like, 15 20 years now if you go back that long that just wasn't even a thing in this country so when she obviously launched and said i'm going to be a wedding planner you could imagine the hilarity that ensued i would imagine when she's like wedding planning um so she um as as the industry started to grow and it's probably been more popular down in england in the initial years i think in scotland as always we tend to sort of adopt things maybe a wee bit later she kind of noticed that there was a, a real lack of i don't want to say the word integrity but ability to sort of quantify what separates a quality planner from somebody who's just rocked up and said I've planned my yeah, own wedding anyone could call yeah exactly planner, and really, I yeah. think you guys probably see it as well we do see it in this industry particularly where hobbyists then suddenly start taking on and say oh I'm going to do this for a living yeah. because I did it for such and such and mm-hmm. I get a lot of us started that way I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but there was a, a degree of 
there's a difference, as I said before, from planning your own wedding to planning somebody else's. You're dealing with somebody else's money. You are planning a wedding that you might not actually like. You might not like their aesthetic choices. You might not like their musical taste. You might not like how they envisage the, the day going but it's not for you to sit there and put that on them. You mm. are there to help facilitate, create a day for them. Yeah. So she really wanted to put together a, a body that could help train planners on the actual business aspects of actually planning a wedding. It isn't about going out and saying, oh, hi, I'm going to run your day and I'm going to charge peanuts for it because I love weddings so much um, and helping people understand that it's about uh, profitability and running a business as well as the steps that you need to take to actually plan a wedding. So to be a member, you, you, know, you do go through a pretty stringent checks they ask for testimonials from clients and suppliers that you've worked with before they'll actually um, accept you in and there's different tiers so associate professional or elite um, I'm a professional member um, and you know I only um, achieved that in the past six months mm-hmm. as a result of having built up my portfolio and and putting forward um, client testimonials and supplier testimonials to say I don't accept commission I am good at what I do yeah. absolutely trust her she nailed it and you know, she goes through and checks those to make sure that they're actually legit, that I've not just got an ass Auntie Jean and <laughs> Uncle Bob. Could yeah. they put together a quick email for me? So, yeah, it is. It's about instilling a community sense as well. Planning is quite a, an insular job. You are overseeing somebody's wedding for them. And it is difficult because there's we work in a creative field, but we're not necessarily doing the creative element we're very much the logistics and the admin to a point mm-hmm. um, we help pull together the vision for somebody but we're not the ones actually executing it Yeah. in yeah. the same way you know for you guys the films that you produce at the end photographer you know there's there's something visual at the end of it we're trying to take all that and pull it together but we are not the ones physically making that mm-hmm. so yeah it's very much about putting together a, a, a community of planners who can pull upon each other's experience and knowledge as well mm-hmm. so that you don't feel like you're you're in it alone yeah, that's cool. How do you, you get to the next tier then? Oh, elites, like, yeah, pff, yeah I'm, I'm a long way off. Okay. Yeah, you've got to be doing it for like at least a good 10 years and you've got to have a real solid bank of full plans. Just, yeah, it's a long way off. I'm quite happy with the level that I'm at at the moment. Yeah, no, that's cool, that's cool. And that Eight wasn't years old, that'll be that, me. That wasn't to diminish. No, no, you, you no, know, no. Listen, just, that's, that's aspirational, aspirational. Yeah. That's cool, that's cool. Plus the title elite sounds cool. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> professional sounds elite, cool as well. Professional sounds cool, but elite just sounds, yeah, that next level. Yeah, yeah it does. 100%. Yeah. I mean, quite literally, it's next level. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs>